What's up, guys? Welcome to episode number 68 of Beef's Beef. First episode with the newest co-host here, uh, BJ Cato. Uh, welcome to the show, BJ. Appreciate it, Beef. Episode 68 is a great one. It's funny that we just did the last episode together, um, but I'm looking forward to this one, that's for sure. I appreciate everybody saying kind things about it as well, too, and we're looking forward to a great future. We'll only go as far as the fans take us, so we need everybody to get on board and, and uh, help us share this thing. Absolutely. So just some just an overview of some things that we'll cover today. Uh, we'll go back over the UofL North Carolina game, much to BJ Chagrin. I'm looking forward to that one. That's yeah. going to be a good one. Because <laughs> that is the last episode we did. Um, we'll preview the Louisville North Carolina State game coming up tomorrow in the Yum Center. Uh introduce a new segment that we're pretty excited about uh we're trying to decide whether we want to either do this in as an every episode type thing or do this as uh in every other episode or once a week but i think you guys will be pretty excited about it either way we're going to put our money where our mouths are at yes <laughs> not to give anything away but yes um We'll go over some NFL playoff stuff, uh, Pats Chiefs, which you not, guys know that I'm pretty excited about, uh, Saints Rams, which I'm also excited about, and uh, leave you guys with a little treat, wanting more, I guess you could say, with the thing that we're going to add at the end. Um, I, I can't wait to do that part because I know there's going to be people commenting after they listen, saying, where is this, where is this, blah, blah, blah. I'm pretty excited without giving too much away. Right. I, it, you literally hit the nail on the head by saying this is only going to go as far as the fans take it because at the end of the day, I, I we'll, you you are very, very different with how we do this because this is episode 68. Like I said, up until this episode, this has been just me. I've listened to maybe one episode. Right. The last episode we did – um, we were going to eat the next day to watch the game together. Mm-hmm. And you were like, oh, I'm going to go home and listen to the episode. And I was like, do what? You're like, yeah, I'm going to go listen to the episode. And I was like, and then he texted me later. He's like, yeah, I've did, I could have done this. I wish we would have done this. I'm just like, I've maybe listened to one episode the whole time. That's what it is. I'm critiquing my game on here just like I would on the court. you got to watch a little bit of game tape, listen to a little bit of game reel on this. Um, I think I've got a big way to improve, so – We'll see what happens. Yeah. So, jumping right into it, we we met up, uh, tried Bubba 33s for the first time. Uh, not bad. Uh, still would take roosters over it. Right. Prices and food quality, I definitely would take roosters over it, actually, now I think about it. There's a ton of workers. They had to have 972 people in there that day. They definitely thought that that, that it was going to be packed in there, and it was decently, yeah. it was a decent amount of people in there. Right. But I feel like our server was only, like you said, us only serving our table. And she was just like, hey, do you guys need anything? Do you guys need anything? It's like, we're going to be here for the whole game. Like, you right. can chill. I felt bad about it. She was doing a great job, too. Um, food came out super quick. I mean, five minutes. So that's a big plus on that as well, too. But um, we were hoping that it took a little bit longer so we could watch that game a little <laughs> yeah. bit more. So Louisville, um, like I said, this this part will be much to your chagrin, but Louisville yeah. just absolutely put it on North Carolina. Yeah, I want to say thank you to Vegas for putting that 12-point spread out there, too. <laughs> Good gosh, that was just a little I mean, bit off. He, I don't see any way Louisville wins, and I told you all, 
there's not this is the only time to ever be happy or these are one of the times I'd be happy being wrong had to have been a trap game had to have been a trap that's I mean that's the only thing that it could have been so Louisville goes into Chapel Hill gives North Carolina their biggest loss since 2002 the biggest yep. home loss in the Roy Williams era and just absolutely pummels North Carolina 83-62 it was ugly it, I mean, it, it was ugly from the beginning. And, you know, I got people texting me. I didn't tell you this. I got people texting me like, dude, Louisville's putting it on him. And I would te- and I text them back because I'm one of those people, it's funny, like I don't believe in like, um, I don't believe in like Zodiac signs, but I believe in jinxes, which okay. is totally weird. Right. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's a joke. Right. But someone texts me and says, Louisville's putting it on North Carolina. North Carolina, I'm like, stop. The right. game's not over with. Well, and even tradition, too. It's funny you said that. I was telling you about the Eagles. If the Eagles made the Super Bowl this year, what did I have to do? I had to go to Spinelli's and spend a ridiculous amount of money like yeah. I did last year because that's what helped us get yeah. a victory last year. I, so. I was on the same thing in 2012 when Louisville made the See? I ate Beatles in the final four and we lost, and I think I've eaten Beatles once since then. Yeah, for good reason. Yeah, I mean, not only, not only because they lost, but because their boneless wings are basically nuggets now or popcorn chicken, and they – Double the price of it. And with that, we'd like to mention Buffalo Wild Wings as our sponsor today. Yeah. Thank yeah. you guys so much. We appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. thanks for the wing yeah. and the popcorn chicken. Never happen now after this podcast. Yeah, Good absolutely. job, Beef. I appreciate uh, that, buddy. Hey, my name's Beef. It's not chicken. Okay, <laughs> so, I mean, it's a it's a joke. I, I don't know. And what's crazy is without giving away our location, we're actually really close to the beat-ups. Yeah. <laughs> so, Disclosed location. Yeah. We're not signing any autographs. We're not handing out any yeah. T-shirts anytime soon. So, not only to do that, but Stephen Enoch plays the best game he's played all season. 17 points, 11 rebounds. Dwayne Sutton played like a man possessed. 17 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists, 4 steals. Yeah. Three three double, shot 6 of 11 from the field. He did shoot 1 of 6 from the and just absolutely dominated North Carolina the whole game. Yeah. Point guard looked great, too. Cunningham, yes. Cunningham has looked fantastic. Really, he's looked consistent all season, but he's looked fantastic since that North Carolina game. Uh, you go back to our our win at Georgia Tech, which we just uh, speaking of a pummeling, we yeah. we embarrassed that team. Like I, I thought it was going to be like that that high school game of Lisa Leslie's where they weren't going to come out for the second half. <laughs> but Cunningham goes into that game, gets twelve assists, and no turnovers. Yeah, I mean the dude's just been playing bonkers. He's controlling tempo. That high ball screen is tough to guard to make the defense work. Then you've got Shinora. Um, he can put it on the deck as well too if they step out and try to contest the three. I'm telling you, I think you guys are hitting your stride at this point. But I think uh, you know we've got another matchup coming up, and I projected us to lose to you guys. I think we go. I think we go four and four, maybe five and three in the month of February. And I counted you guys as a loss. I mean, you guys are going to come in on a mission. Well, it just about does it, too. Based on what you said earlier, I would have rather you said that you would have considered it a win. <laughs> no, after I mean, this look, I'm st- I, you, you've known me for a while. You know that right. most of the time I'm pretty level-headed with this stuff. Right. Although last year I thought that we could contend in that game, and then you all came in and just kicked us in the teeth. <laughs> well, and everybody wants to see their team win. Everybody wants to see their team do well, and you're always, you know, as – Part of being a fan is you've seen your team at its best, and you've also seen your team at its worst. So it's interesting. College basketball is such a momentum type of game, um, individually in game of runs as well as season wise. You got to be hot at the right time. Absolutely. So um, Louisville uh, then beat 
uh, Georgia Tech. I'm sorry, we uh, we actually played two games since then because we that was the Saturday game. We then uh, beat Boston College at home, uh, blew that lead, let them cut it to five, then pulled away one by ten. Um, both teams have actually looked pretty good since then. We beat Boston College. I know it got close, like I said, but then we go and pummel Georgia Tech, and you said you guys have won, what, three straight? Three straight since then, yeah. Playing a lot better. Obviously, coming off a win against Virginia Tech, we don't want to go into all that, but North Carolina's I mean, looking like a different team. you all didn't just win against Virginia Tech. I flipped oh. that on, and I, I was like, oh, God. Yeah. But the thing is, you've got those freshmen playing well. If Kobe White comes and plays like what he you know, has played a couple of games this year and Nasir Little starting to step up to the plate, play on both ends of the court, getting some more minutes, I like our chances, but... Um, you all are shooting the lights out, so anytime you play a team that's going to shoot the lights out, you got to play on the, the defensive side of the court, and that's our weakness. Yeah, I, I did notice that. I mean, there was a lot of boneheaded uh, defensive mistakes in that game where we played you all, yep. and, I mean, it killed you all. I mean, we out-rebounded you all 40-31. to 31. Yeah, and that should never happen with a North Carolina team. We should have especially a North Carolina team that shoots 35% from field goal and 13% from the offensive rebound opportunities. Wait, you, they shoot 13% as a team? 13.6% to be exact, but Jeez. yeah, from the three-point line. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I did not know that. Yeah, they were trying to break records. I yeah. mean, obviously they knew we did a podcast about Wait, it. Is just... it. Was that for the game, or is that what they shoot for the season? No, that's for the game. I was yeah. about to say, you don't shoot that for the season. That's like Lonzo Ball free throw numbers. Yeah, that's pretty By the bad. way, since we since I'm on that, yeah. did you know that DeAndre Jordan has a better career free throw percentage oh. than Lonzo Ball does? I didn't know career. I, I thought obviously shooting him pretty well, DeAndre is. But uh, Lonzo, last I saw he was at 42%. Uh, I'm not exactly positive. It was thing. It was 45 and 43. I guess the saving grace is he doesn't shoot a ton of them, but still. Jeez, man. And here, here's my thing because I know two of my avid <laughs> listeners will definitely have a, a qualm with this. I'm still sticking to what I tell them every time. Yeah. I don't think Lonzo's as great as Tony thinks, and I don't think he's as bad as John thinks. But <laughs> jeez, how do you shoot 43 percent from the free throw line? Yeah, I can't say anything good about that. I do no, like Lonzo as far as he, he can add some stuff. Is he a starting point guard in the league? That's where it gets a little bit iffy. Is he the future of the league? I say no, but... See, this is when we need to get Tony and John on here. Big and you be the moderator because of the arguments I wish you could see in the group text. I just... <laughs> it, it gets... It gets pretty comical sometimes. Well, tomorrow night they're going to be fired up. Their teams. Oh yeah, I already told other. you that I'm turning my phone on silent so I can go to sleep because <laughs> I know those two will be awake just battling back and forth. That so, should be a good one. <laughs> Point and a half spread is what we saw on it. Yeah. Um, but that looks like it should be interesting. So Louisville finally moves into the top twenty-five at number twenty-three. Uh, have a home game coming up tomorrow, which I will be at eight eight o'clock tip. On the ACC network against the NC State Wolfpack, um, NC State comes in at fifteen and three. Um, three losses are to North Carolina, Wake Forest, and Wisconsin. Two uh, losses in their last five games too, so they're not on the upswing where no. you all are. Yeah, and here's here's where I think we differed on this. You, um, I know you were you nailed it on the head. When, when I said, hey, what do you think the spread is the other day for the North Carolina-Louisville game? Right. As far as what the spread was. Right. And I said, well, what do you think the spread is for this one? It's not out yet. But 
you think that it's going to be NC State minus two. I do. So a, fa- a favorite for NC State. Um, NC State has three losses, like I said. The reason why I would take Louisville other than me being a fan and I feel like we're on the upswing, two of their three losses are on the road. Right. One to Wake Forest and one to Wisconsin. Now, Wisconsin's a solid team, so I feel like you can have – but you go on the road to Wake Forest and lose with as bad as that team is right now, it's – not a good thing, especially being a, a recent loss. Right. You look at most of their games, though. Most of their games within, you know, four to eight points. Um, they've beaten some decent teams on the road. It's obviously going to be a tough task. But I, I thought that two point spread wouldn't be. Uh, I mean, it's got to be close. Yeah, uh, I think Louisville ends up getting a seven seven to nine point victory tomorrow. I think. Uh, it'll be back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and some free throws down the stretch. Uh, propels Louisville to a win. I think what helps us as well is this isn't a system that Keats knows, right? which is something that has helped teams that we've played against in the past that were under the Patino tree, where they may have a team that shouldn't be in a game with us. But Opposite they stay side of that game. coin, though, Keats, I mean – Mac doesn't know Keith's system as well. That's true. You're you're very right. Um, they they do have two people on their team that uh, I I know a decent amount about. Uh, you got Markel Johnson who picked them over us. Um, I re, I was really liking Markel Johnson. I still like Markel Johnson. Um, I thought we were going to get him. Good player too. Um, Would have been oh, nice. He's a very very good player. Uh, the other one we actually watched play together, uh, Braxton Beverly from Hazard, Kentucky, solid point guard. I think is a, to me, I think is a very, very underrated player in the ACC. I, I think he goes a lot with what you were talking about with Christian Cunningham. He, you know, he runs the team. I think he looks to score a lot more than what Cunningham, or not a lot. He looks to score more than what Cunningham does. But I think as far as running a team, I think he does just as well for his age as Cunningham does. Well, it's nice to have those two options because you can play them together or you can play them separately, but you always got a leader on the court, yeah. somebody who's going to dominate the ball. I, I, I do like uh, Beverly. I think we both liked him when we saw him play in the KLB. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's just he's just solid. He does, He's one of those guys that doesn't really make – he doesn't let people beat – he doesn't beat himself, Right. I guess you would say. Um, so, I, I, like I said, I think Louisville gets that victory uh, – it, the ESPN projector projects us to win, but I take that for a grain of salt more, more often than not, unless it's a team like Northwest Missouri State playing against us or something, you know what I mean? So <laughs> I never really pay attention to that. Right. So something that uh, BJ and I always talk about is point spreads. So something that we are going to add to this, to the show, and this is going to be our first one. Um, and like I said, we're going to try to do it either every episode or every other episode, maybe a beginning of the week thing, but it's our lock. I guess we'll go lock of the episode for this one, but we're going to try to go lock of the week. So what we're going to do, or what we do is we find a game that we Jay go first with his uh, lock of the week. Appreciate that. I'm going a little off the beaten path too. Um, and just so everybody knows this can be any sport and i any game within the week basically is what we're looking at um was looking at a lot of games and we're not seeing a ton of spreads on everything too but there was kind of one that stood out to me 
Um, you've got a late game, um, 11 p.m., so probably not everybody on the East Coast will be able to watch it, but you've got Colorado State playing Nevada. Obviously, Nevada's in the top 10 this year. A lot of people have been watching them, um, but they, they don't have a ton. I mean, they've been blowing some teams out, but they don't have a ton of blowout victories. It's a 19-point spread. Um, I think this Colorado State team has a chance with covering that spread. I don't think they have a chance of winning that game. Um, but my lock of the week is going to be the Colorado State Rams um, covering the 19-point spread with the Nevada. Right. Uh, a lot of people were – there was a betting line on whether they would go undefeated there for a while. That wasn't a little loss either. That was a blowout loss as well too. Yeah, yeah it was a blowout loss. But they did take a loss. Four wins in a row. They're not playing poorly. But it's like I said, 19 points is a lot of points. Yeah. So my lock of the week – comes from the team that I think will win the SEC shot at whoever won the doors. I found the spread being minus nine kind of funny, especially when you brought Right. I think that was 13 and a half. Yeah, and this one was nine. Yeah. So I'm going to make my lock of the week the Tennessee Volunteers covering the minus nine spread over the Vanderbilt Commodores. Probably a good pick. I think we've got that going on here in a little or currently, so we might get to see the outcome of that pretty quickly. Who knows? I mean, my team's only at four points right now. This is not <laughs> halftime. So, hey, it's still my lock of the week. So, over the weekend, uh, we got a decent amount because we like to eat for one. Big time. Yeah, we, we like to eat. It's and a very important of my life. Yes. <laughs> and um, we like sports. So, um, we got together for Cluckers. Mm-hmm. on Sunday and watch the NFL playoffs. By the way, I don't have to mention this to you. Yeah. That ranch was kind of garbage when I got home with that chicken, <laughs> and the fries were probably the worst cheese fries I've ever had. <laughs> so <laughs> we're throwing two of them under the bus today. Wow. But the chicken was good, and no, the ranch wasn't horrible, but the cheese fries were probably the worst cheese fries I've ever had. That's funny, though, because I was going to ask you. I, I didn't ask you. You were asking me how are the – um, but I was intrigued to see. You like what you have first, the Mott's Bites? Oh, those Mott's Bites. Or no, they were. Okay. Woo. Fiego. Twelve of them. Yeah. They, they, were, they were like pepper jack cheese nuggets. They were fantastic. <laughs> That's another thing that we used to do back in the day, too. That's right. <laughs> BJ used to bring his fryer over, and he'd be like, all right, y'all, I brought like six different cheeses. We're going to try them all fried. <laughs> Gave me a huge love for Munster cheese, by the way, when we deep fried them Munster cheese. Oh, yeah. man. That also turned me into the deep-fried Oreo guy, too. Yep. Yeah, because I deep-fried Oreos a couple weekends in a row there, too. Hey, people don't understand how easy that is. You you know, I'm no Russian. <laughs> no, it's funny because the best-tasting right. stuff is the easiest stuff to make. Yeah. yeah. I Simple mean, ingredient-wise. Yeah. Uh, frozen pizza, fantastic. Put it in the oven. <laughs> I won't go that far. That's a little questionable there. Uh, but I guess you could mess it up. Peanut butter and jelly. I like peanut butter and jelly. It's delicious. Yeah, that's solid. Easy to make. Yeah. I mean. It's all about ingredients. you got to get some quality bread, get quality peanut butter. got to go with the crunchy. Can't go with the creamy. I do like both of them. And I, yeah, you're, okay. you're one of the few people that I've heard that like crunchy peanut butter. Really? Yes. A lot I of need people some are, texture. Are a lot of, but here's the real question. PB and only PB person well, previously. I'm, I'm, I'm with that too. But recently um, I was trying some new jellies. And they've got no sugar in them, so that kind of intrigued me. I was always, I tried a blueberry lemon one one time. Blueberry lemon jelly. Yeah. Well, but I was very intrigued by it as well, too. <laughs> that yeah. wasn't really intrigued. I was like, 
Ugh. Yeah, that's how it tasted. So <laughs> I, that ended up not being my best decision, but for a couple of bucks, it was worth a try. Speaking of being on the minority, yeah, apple jelly. Love apple jelly. Mm. Now I know people are like, oh, like apple, but no, apple jelly. Okay. Love apple jelly with a PB and J. I to might me, have to give it a try. To me, it's my it's my favorite. Okay. It's it's fantastic. So. How we always get off on these food tangents, too, by the way, I have no idea. But we got together. Big game for me. Pats, Chiefs, Patriots. Came out just absolutely firing on all cylinders. Yeah. Um, got up 7-0 right off the bat. Great drive. I was sitting there waiting. It, it was amazing because we at first we were first going to sit there and watch both games, and then BJ's like, "You sure you another three hours?" By the way, thank you because I would not have wanted to watch that there because I guarantee you, ninety five percent of those people would have been against New England. Yeah, yeah, and we knew for sure. I would not have wanted to watch that around all those people because my phone was blowing up like every five seconds. I almost threw it against the wall. <laughs> I almost turned it off. I get into the games. Right. I don't need you texting me like, "Oh man, did you see that?" Like, <laughs> are you kidding me? So, uh, New England gets up 7-0, drives directly down the field, uh, starts driving down the field again, ends up having a punt, goes up 14-0 going into halftime. All right. First time the Chiefs have been held scoreless all season for the first half. When I made the mistake when we were watching it, too, I even mentioned at one point, oh, it didn't have a lot of third-down conversions. They're really just putting it on them. I was wrong in that. They did have two or three on that. It was short. Yeah. It was never third and long at that point, which leaves the playbook open, especially a team like you all that have that many offensive weapons. Tough to defend them at that point. And it's funny because the way we did it was running it down their throat. Right. We had four rushing touchdowns. The rookie, Sonny Michelle out of Georgia, I won, okay. but when I saw who we picked – I loved the pickup of Sonny Michelle. Yeah. I loved the two-headed monster that Georgia had in Nick Chubb and Sonny Michelle. And the fact that I, that we got him at that point, Belichick has this way of getting people. Right. I don't know. Well, people who fit his system. Fit, I, he just gets people that, like you said, fit his system. Or he even creates systems for the opposition. Yeah. What's your weakness? We're going to expose that. Somehow the people he draft always fit. That uh, was sent to this by John today. Uh, Sean McVay. Yeah. Julian Edelman played uh, 21. 33. Yeah, that dude is so young. I cannot believe that that dude is three years older than me and he's about to coach in a Super Bowl. Yeah. It's pretty, and he's, he's a, a freaking pretty daggone he's coach. He's a robot. Like, yeah. Did you see the clip of him talking about him going to the, the uh, AFC Championship game? I did. The funniest thing was he acted at or first like, oh, I don't, I don't remember a ton about it, you know, yada, da da. And then next thing you go – Five minutes later, you're like, okay, there was some pretty important information there. Obviously, he's part of the Rams program, so he wanted to highlight those features. But he really talked about both teams in a decent amount. I mean, he was talking about Eddie. It was pretty pretty interesting to me. Yeah, it, he's nuts. If you, has, if you guys haven't seen it, you should definitely uh, YouTube some stuff about Sean McVay's, like, memory because his memory is, like, Rain Man-ish. Yeah. It, the stuff that he does is ridiculous, but – don't look up at his girlfriend. You might get a little bit jealous, though, yeah. by the way. Just <laughs> so, food for thought. Belichick came out with the perfect game plan to combat the Chiefs, though. Right. Uh, Belichick is a defensive-minded coach. I mean, he showed that when he was with Parcells. And genius, and everyone hates Brady, but no one really realizes the person behind the, the curtain, a la, you know, Wizard of Oz type stuff, Super Bowls, whatever. More often than not, it's absolutely ridiculously good. Right. And the 
doubling over the top with way their big uh, weapon or... for a loop. Yeah. Uh, they couldn't do anything. Uh, Sammy Watkins was their leading receiver. Tyreek Hill had one catch for 40 score because they got knocked out. Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes took that knocked him out of field goal range, and they had to punt it. Right. So they got nothing from it. <clears throat> Kelsey had three catches for 23 yards and a touchdown. His longest catch was 12 yards. He just does. He takes your best part away and says, beat me with your other parts. Right. And then he does things, which Romo kept pointing out. Romo, by the way, I, we haven't talked about this directly. Romo is also another rain managed type person. Right. It, it's been talked about yeah. everywhere, but we haven't between us really talked about it that dude is a man. I don't really enjoy speaking about the Cowboys too often the funny thing about it though is I'm seeing everybody and it's all who's gonna pick what I mean this this is a little bit crazy I know but what if he was a defensive coordinator obviously he's calling out all these plays can you not be a defensive coordinator and once again go hey this is what they're looking to do this is how I'm gonna counteract that yeah, I mean, he is block here, Gronk will chip block here, Edelman catch it over the middle. Right. Oh, I really think that the Patriots should put Gronk on the outside on this play and just run him one-on-one if the safety bites down and then he's catching the ball over the top. Right. Did that twice. He and he and Nance are just fantastic together, and I can't wait. I, first of all, I love Nance. Nance is probably my favorite commentator ever. Okay. That's which is pretty a pretty high praise. Which is a Super Bowl. Right. Two great sporting events. He just has that voice to me. Very knowledgeable and has a great voice as well. I've always loved Nance, and now the fact that Romo is with him. Does he get excited sometimes? Yeah. <laughs> but Nance has a good way of risk goes right back at it. Right. I'm sure Romo forgets that he's on the sidelines sometimes and might think he's out there. Go on to win the game 37-31 in overtime. Right. Uh, a lot of the con- – there was – I'm quotes here. The only one that can really see me is BJ. There was some controversy in the game. Uh, there was the – uh, reversal of yeah. once they showed it from two different two or three different angles, you could see it never touched him. Right. Uh, there was the well, and that's a reviewable play as yeah. well too. So that's why I mean, whenever it comes to reviewable plays, they're going to get those right more times than they're going to get Now here's the one I thought they got wrong. Okay. And people may be surprised. I thought they got the Chris Hogan call wrong. Okay. I did not think Chris Hogan caught that. I'm man enough to admit that, and it's hmm. going. It's getting recorded. I'm also man enough to admit that New England got a call when they called the roughing the passer. A bit more consistent with not throwing it, but, yeah, I'm not disputing you on either of them. But, so we get the ball. I'm, I don't want to say we because <laughs> I don't want to say I don't want to sound biased. New England gets the ball right. right after the muff punt reversal. Goes through Edelman's hands. I see ball don't lie all over Facebook because you guys are so clever. Which has to be the worst thing in the and, world, too. I hate when people and say except that. Except for when Rasheed Wallace said it. That was fantastic. Yeah. That was that was a that was a great one. Yeah. Um, well, I'd never dispute Rasheed Wallace anything. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> no. So I see bald on live, blah blah. Joke for one. Well, the next play, the Chiefs run a pick play that was absolutely ridiculously not called. After we just got called for it, the possession. Philadelphia, I have no clue what you're talking about. I've never <laughs> seen someone. He pushed like half the team across the field. Yeah. I was like, how is that not being called? They get a 30-yard touchdown from it. Right. There's a ton of rules in the NFL. Because I know we ragged on them recently and probably rightfully so on some stuff. But, man, could you imagine being officials out there in the game? 
with review and with people recording it 24-7. Every- the video of the referee looking at Tom Brady and saying, I got your back. Everybody share it right now. Go, yeah, to your go share it so that I can just make you look like an idiot. He says you got your timeout back because they just reviewed the uh, drop. All right. So New England thought that Chris Hogan caught the ball. So any knowledgeable person would go and look and see, oh, he says, you idiot, he lined up offsides. <laughs> I saw a couple of funny videos with that of fan with the line drawn across. Obviously, the line on there is for TV purposes. So it's not, I mean, it's pretty spot on, but it's not the actual line. But he was way over that big line. time. Like, yeah. he was, you could see space in between his hand and the line. And then and the coach was like, yeah, he goes, was I? And they're like, yeah, dude, you were lined up way over. Well, and then I saw a couple of people say, oh, normally the ref will or tell them, you know, hey, you're, what, what, that's not the ref's job in that point. You know, we mentioned in basketball, whenever I'm taking the ball out of bounds or I have a player taking the ball out of bounds, I ask the ref. In this, if he turned and said to him, hey, am I offsides, maybe he would have given him an answer. But You can't just expect him to say, hey, man, you're lined up offsides. You should probably back up. Right. No, it's not going to happen. And I didn't hear him say it as much as I heard fans saying that, so I'm not pointing at him. But if that was his mentality, he's got to fix a couple of things before he uh, he comes back to the player he truly is because you can't think like that. Um, so, air quotes again, that calls both ways. But one of the things that when we were sitting there at Cluckers, <laughs> I told you, I was like, man, do you see this? And you're like, what? And I said, Right. And it helped we were slowly, after you said it, 10 to 12 people who kind of looked over right at us. Granted, we had TVs above us. They weren't looking at the TVs, though. No, <laughs> they looked me up and down yeah. with my Randy Moss jersey on and my Patriots hat. Like, really? Jack, uh, I don't know. The rapper, remember, who sat across from us, Jack? Oh, yeah. Jack. The doppelgamer, that was really Jack. <laughs> I thought um, he was going to spit some rhymes there for a second. No, he definitely wasn't. Um uh, this brought up a conversation between us, which right. led you to post a Facebook status. Read some of these comments that we got. I mean, you got to think about this. I was super intrigued by this in different aspects, but obviously we're living in the now, and right now this is what's prevalent. Um, the post goes as follows. I'm not a Patriots fan in the least bit, just so everybody knows I'm an Eagles fan, but I need answers. I've seen more posts again today about people – um, either hoping the Patriots lose in the I don't understand at all personally. Um, but my question is simple. It's a very popular question, but why do that? And we got a ton of answers. There was actually a lot of great feedback. I tagged a couple of people. In. Some of them we can't read on here. But yeah. Thank, of, you, thank you for your answer. <laughs> yeah, some of them were a little fine division. Well, once you're a fan of the team in the division, who am I to judge you at that Absolutely. Point? I agree with that. Cowboys, or you want me to cheer for the Redskins or the Giants, I'm probably going to cheer against those teams more than not. Granted, on the last podcast, I was kind of hoping the Cowboys could win, but that was so that if we won, we could play them because, uh, you know, I like our chances in that game. Uh, but we got some in- interesting feedback. Some people mentioned, you know, some things about they felt like the um, Patriots were previously cheaters. Um, an interesting one on the one occasion. I'm, I'm going to tear this one apart. Uh-oh. That's, I'm gonna, that's I'm, quick. I'm, I'm, I mean, you go. Rich is a mechanic and a great mechanic at that. If anybody needs it, it's Rich Dottillo. 
Um, but he, he said, I know air inflation matters with the Patriots, though, so when the Steelers aren't playing, he roots for them. That's the next best team. So I can rest in there, and he's putting an analogy I think we can all relate to. If you don't have your tires aired up properly, that's a big problem. If you're trying to play with a flat basketball or a basketball that's got too much air, that's my world. That's that's tough to do at that point. Say his last name correctly? Yeah. Okay, so – I'm going to take your word for it, BJ. <laughs> so, first of all, you want to bring up the Deflategate, which was a joke. I really think that Tom Brady stood back there in the locker room and said, hey, uh, once they check these balls, why don't you go ahead and deflate those a little bit? I think he had a PSI gauge. He was really – Let's just go back and really look at the bare numbers or, you know, the bare facts of this game. First of all, 17-7 to at halftime. Then New England comes out and they're like – I'll throw a 21-piece on them and a seven-piece in the fourth quarter. Beat them 45-7. to seven. I guess, man, they must have not just deflated the balls. They must have deflated their whole team. They must have deflated their cleats. <laughs> so, then you go, okay, I bet, he, I bet he threw for 700 yards in that game. Him being able to grip the ball like that, he's probably ripping it through the wind. His feminine hands. Yeah, <laughs> which he probably gets manicured. Because you've seen the sizes in his house with his beautiful wife and – Kissing his children on the mouth. <laughs> and you guys think that this dude doesn't get a manicure? I mean, he absolutely does. Uh, he threw for 226. It's not a ton. It's not. Three touchdowns. Okay. We have a – let me go back up here because I just had it pulled up. Oh. Uh, we have a one-yard one pass for a touchdown. A 16-yard pass for a touchdown and a five-yard pass. So between those three, you have 22 yards. Oh, it's a great game. <laughs> I'd like to have him on fantasy. If 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 I'm a Colts fan, you know what I'm complaining about? What? Why don't we have a defensive coordinator? <laughs> Get up to the flake, Kate. Right. First of all, I feel like weather could have had a, a a thing in that. Three rushing touchdowns. Yeah. Well, and I say anyways, too, I mean, let's be realistic. Let's just it was true. You're using a slightly deflated football. First of all, there's pros and cons to that. Is how many points on that? I don't think that's going to make up the difference in this case. Let's just say we did move along, stick to working on cars. <laughs> it was, I mean, I Next. thought I, what we would like to call him. Anybody who needs some shoes, he's a guy who will actually help you out, give you some knowledge on as well, too. But I thought this one was very, I mean, this is deep, so everybody put your thinking cap on. Some choice words that he doesn't like the Patriots and finds it pretty comical, but I thought that one was a pretty... This guy's name? Tom Johnson. No, the other guy. Rich Dottillo. Rich Dottillo, I'm sorry that I'm not going to tear this guy's argument. I did yours. But, I mean, I dislike Brussels sprouts as well. I don't dislike the Your Patriots. brother fought us on it. I myself definitely have different taste buds. He's got an interesting palate. He does. Uh, he make he he calls me in uh, was it uncultured swine, which is a, <laughs> uh, a quote from Toy Story for those of you keeping track at home. And uh, I don't know. I don't like Brussels sprouts. Well, and if you're gonna tell me to try them, you got to tell me to try them in in my budget. You can't. I mean, I can't really tear apart. Because I don't like Brussels sprouts either. So, Dom, you got me on that one. You win, but we'll be back. So we had the cheaters. We had the Brussels sprouts. 
the uh, we had the people who were fans of teams in the division, or which, even which I get. and we even throw the Colts in there because of the previous battles with that as well. Except too. for the Deflategate, right? That that one's crossing lines. Um, but but there was two other decent points, and they kind of go hand in hand. So we'll just lump them together. Uh, my buddy Christopher Martin used to do trade. I didn't realize you were friends with the lead singer of Coldplay. I hang out with a lot of big stars. But um, he, he brings up a decent point. It's the same reason why people hate the Yankees, the Lakers, Alabama, etc. Oh, they win. Yes. Oh, okay. When you are on top for a long period of time, people hate and root against you. And, you know, there has to be some truth to that in this as well, too. I was intrigued by all these comments on here. I don't know what I was really looking for, to be honest. But uh, my good thing down at the bottom and basically said, you know, that he loves um, sports in general and sports can bring uh, a lot of fun to a lot that goes hand in hand with it. And no, you all are favorites. In Two and a half game, point right? favorite, which I told you early on I don't like. Right. I want us to be underdogs. Right. But, hey, you know, we'll, we'll get to that preview uh, Super Bowl Sunday. So I have a good answer going into it, and I think coming out after it, I still don't have a clear answer, but I've got a lot of people's insight on oh, it. Oh, i got a argument. It's garbage. It needs to be thrown out the window. It's just it's a joke. I get it. I, I, people are mad. His third Super Bowl in a row. He's been to eight straight AFC championships. He's been to 13 out of 17 AFC championships. People are mad because he's doing well. And they're not. Well, I was going to say, now that you say that, I kind of dislike him myself after that. The Super Bowl, everything else just icing on top of the cake. It's so. not that he's sponsored by Uggs. That's not That's not the part that – I mean, I know you're a shoe guy, so I figured that's where the jealousy would come from with you. Hey, I'd take that paycheck. That's yeah, I, dude, I, would, I would wear apple bottom jeans and Uggs if I got money from that. we got to get better at this, man. We're ruining a lot of our chances here. <laughs> Well, I mean, I just said I would I would wear I would I would wear them. So just to make sure you guys hear that, I would wear that specifically stuff. in wintertime. Probably not when there's snow. Okay, I'm wearing half bottom jeans to the gym. I, it don't matter. You're paying me enough. I'm wearing Uggs in the sauna, and just pay me. Yeah, like yeah, this you can pay me the money and I'll do it. <clears throat> so the other game of the championship weekend, we had the Saints and the Chiefs controversial ending you could say a little bit of controversy there controversy. <laughs> we've but, seen that before huh yeah definitely so you have rams get ball first go down kick field goal get the get an interception playing at home home's playing, going yeah. crowd is going crazy bonkers yeah golf said multiple times he couldn't hear anything that the plays were getting well, i mean called. they kept showing the players having to run to the sideline to get a play yeah so you have all the momentum in the world. Should. Well, they did. No, they did. Oh, they yeah. had all the momentum in the world in the first quarter. They've got people in their back. But think about it. A couple of those drives, you got to score some touchdowns. And on. you already know you're paying people to hit people dirty anyway. So <laughs> you got you got plenty of stuff on your side. Right. So they go into they go into the half, or they go into the end of the first for 20, 2017, 2020. Not the TV show. 23-20, and then it happens. Yeah. The the Saints are thrown in the out route, and the Rams just absolutely demolishes the wide receiver for the, for the Saints. Right. Doesn't hit them early. Hits him helmet above. to helmet. Right. Three huge things that, this, that these referees missed. Right. We want to state, before we go to the next part of – to the next segment – we want to make sure we emphasize on this. 
we both agree that it is an egregious missed call. Yeah. Well, I think even, too, hopefully the referees will admit that it's because. Well, um, but, once again, too, I said this earlier, and, and I get both sides of it. I don't think that one play affected the outcome of the game. I think that definitely contributed it to it. Um, I think that made it tougher at a victory. I think, once again, just like the Patriots game, there was some calls that were missed. That's I pointed part of out three or four face masks to you during the game. Big time, yep. One was on the possession before. Yeah. And what, 100% agree with that. Right. We would be Stevie Wonder if we were saying it was wrong. Right. But you had chances, and then you, you had your chances to win. Well, and even I said to you, this Saints team has not looked the same since the regular season. I mean, once they lost to the confidence to them, even last week, I'm an Eagles fan, you know, full disclosure, but they did not impress me with that win. I thought, I said this multiple times, when we got the ball back at the end, I thought, oh, here we go. It's going to be Eagles doing what the Eagles do again. And you all were doing it. It was a, it was a terrible drop, not to bring that back up, but it's a drop that very rarely happens with him. All right. But even, too, that's part of being the game. So just like a missed call, somebody who's got great hands like Alshon Jeffrey, something like that's going to happen. So I, I oh, By the way, speaking of great hands, someone that doesn't have great hands is Devin Booker. I just want to <laughs> I want to throw this in. for smacking Gorgie Jang last night when all Gorgie wanted to do was just swap jerseys. I think it was a little tickle. It wasn't yeah. even slack. It was just, ah. First, first of all, they thought that elbow. Yeah. He tapped him. And then he fell down like he got hit with a – Baseball. You know, based on past history and watching the play in general, I didn't get the vibe like he was headhunting. So Who are you taking in that fight, though, by the way? Oh, that's a tough one. I- I'd like to give heavy odds to Gorgie Jang because that's not even going to be close. Oh, yeah. I don't think it's tough. I think it's like as Power. Heavy. Yeah. I'm Gorgie. Probably mentality as well, too. Gorgie uh, tap out in the second round. Yeah. He's taking him to the ground. TKO. Yes. So... <laughs> The, the Saints go into overtime, get the ball first, throw a terrible interception. Might as well have been give, the whole team. Yeah, give the ball back to the Rams, and the Rams kick a field goal for the win. Right. So, Deep after this. Into overtime, right? Uh, the, Wasn't that the, the 57-yarder? The field goal to go into overtime was 65 yards. And then the field Is goal that for, right? 65 yeah. yards? The one for the win was for 42 Goodness. So, are, no, I sorry. thought it was 57. The one for the win was 57. Okay. Which we believe. Yes. Because that one. The field goal to 48 yards. I apologize. That okay. was the that was the kickoff. So going into overtime. Going into overtime, it was 48 yards. Okay. Um, but, yeah, that one he kicked to win the game, that was good from 65 yeah. probably if he if they kicks it farther back. And dead center. Oh, absolutely. The dude just put it on the – on the money. Um, in a pressure situation, chances? No. So, with that, it led to the fans' revolting outcome for them, I guess you could say. You have the fans drawing up a uh, lawsuit against, the, was it the NFL or is it against the the officials? I think it's technically against the NFL, but I'm not positive how the litigation yeah. works in you, that. You, call, you caused us harm for making us sad. Uh, this game needs to be replayed. BJ and I got together, and we were like, hey. Or I, I threw out the idea. BJ was like, yes, I like that. And BJ ran with it, found some stuff. I ran with it, found some stuff. And then we combined our, 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 our list of the stuff that we found. So 
what we're going to do is we're going to throw out, we're going to start the top 10 list for today. Uh, we're going to go 10 through 6, talk about the ones that we have. These are 10 games, and we got some that some people are going to disagree with. Well, and once again, that part of disagreeing is we want to hear what your opinion yes. is. We need to know. This is our opinion on it. We've worked very hard to get this opinion, but we need to know what the people think as well, too. So we'll start at number 10. And by the way, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give all the credit except for one to BJ for the names of these. Very very clever. Um, number ten, we got walking to the line. For me, not so much BJ. Cuts deep. It cuts very deep. The show back in the day on MTV, Sweet Sixteen. Okay. You remember that? You have those spoiled kids that are getting, like, zebras for their 16th birthday. You know what I got? I Patrick Sparks. Throwing the ball in. Dagger. Catches the ball. Does a river dance. Does a couple other things. Pretty much made James Harden. Yeah. Does a river dance. <laughs> and gets fouled on a three. Goes up. Hits the free throws. Wins the game. Hence walking to the line. <laughs> Here's... Here's what ha ends up happening the rest of that season. You take a look at what year that was. That was two December 18th, 2004. All right. So for those of you doing the math at home, I was born on December 18th. And you're old. <laughs> I, I am old, yes. <laughs> Thank you, BJ. I am old. I just turned 30 this year. I say that to everybody. It doesn't matter what you tell me your age is. I'm just going to throw out, man, you're old. Oh, man, you're old. <laughs> so, 16. Oh, man, you're old. That season for people that are from around here will remember that was a very good season for Louisville. Also a good season. Yeah, both teams were highly ranked. It, what's crazy is we were highly ranked, but we got we lost four games going into the tournament. Because then you win, what is that, four games? Okay. You give that win to Louisville. That's another top ten win. That puts you at 30-3. and three, Probably moves you to the one seed line because you get you a top ten win against a power five opponent, which power five wasn't really in the – you know, 30-3 and three going into the tournament. Who knows? Maybe we're playing you off for the title at that point. Could have been. But, I mean, well, you all still would have beat us because that team was loaded. Unless we unless we got Sebastian Telfair like we were supposed to get that year. Well, that's why you play the game, though. I'm yeah. not going to say either way we would have won or lost. But it was funny, too, even in our conversation before, when we first watched this video, you know, I, I was kind of hesitant to it. I, you had it a little bit higher on your list. I had it a little bit lower on your list. And, and – Pretty much as soon as we said, unfortunately, I had to retake my claim. <laughs> it clearly was a travel. He does end there. Um, also, we noted that his right foot looked to be out of bounds. It does. But then even for me, you know, the question was, was it a foul or not? In my opinion, a foul. Sparks initiates the contact, but... Which... By rule means yeah, by is rule. an offensive foul. Prove my point even more. But think about it. That's How it. many this times is moving to number yeah. one? <laughs> check, check, check. This is moving to number the, one. That they always give it to the offensive player. I have no clue why. Well, uh, in my opinion, because it's an offensive game. Nobody wants no. to see a good defensive team do well. That's anymore. what no one likes reaching for that being number ten. We move to number nine, and this is one that's really big for you. Number nine, we called unarmed robbery. Unarmed robbery. Perfect name for it because. Hey, you your, I've already given you your credit. I'm not doing it again. Listen, these all came to me very quick. This was spur of the moment. But so in this one, we've got unarmed combat. And what we tried to do is we tried to have different sporting event fan. 
and one of the most popular, notorious, infamous, whatever word, title fight of all time was going to be UFC 167. For anybody who's a um, fighter of all time, George St. Pierre versus Johnny Hendricks. Um, November 16, 2003 was the date. Okay. You've got Johnny Hendricks coming in on a big win streak. He's the new style of fighter. He's got a background in wrestling, but he's got him. You're not overly impressed with it besides the fact that he dominates from beginning to end. He's not really it's a five round fight in the five round fight. You've got what they call a 10 round or 10 point must um, can't get 10 points on it. So the real controversy comes into play the first round after being sank in. Um, Hendrick stands back up and proceeds to pummel. You can see the damage to his face. He took some knees. He took some punches. He took some elbows. Round two, um, Johnny Hendricks wobbles GSP. It's not even close. You got to give that round is when things start to change, though. GSP comes out. He's using his jab. He's controlling the round. Um, Johnny has some nice ground and pound and some stand up. I think you probably give that round additions. He's choosing where the fight goes. So now goes to the decision, right? Yeah. Anytime you're in MMA, you leave it to the judges' hands. Like you said one of, if not the most famous MMA fighters of all time, or UFC fighters. Um, but going to the scorecard, um, you've got two judges <laughs> that have 47 for Hendricks. Um, hence, GSP gets the win at that point. Um, with Joe Rogan, probably one of the best podcasters in the game as well, too. Um, but all, he's got to step away from the fight game for a while. He proceeds to say in there that Hendricks interview, if you want to say that GSP won yeah, at that point. absolutely. After the fight, they do post-fight press conferences as well, too. Dana White comes on there and absolutely trashes the Nevada. I this earlier, which yep. is huge because Dana White is one of the... He's the face, the promoter. Very rarely goes against anything that makes his sport or most of his stuff. It's like, no, no, no. Normally, in that, he would say, no, he GSP won that. Can't go against, hey, we've got our king on the roost. And once again, I, I said this even earlier, I think a little bit had to do with the fact that GSP was stepping away because even in that, you know, he says, hey, you can't step away until you need to come back and fight Hendrick. A different weight wins that. Now he steps away again. Very controversial call. Changed the outcome of his career. Um, changed the stage rule. Now the scoring is different in the UFC thanks to, you know, possibly this one fight. It's, I mean, it's a big thing. When you change this, this, this mispass interference call doesn't change it to where you can review certain penalties. Mention that. If that happens, man, I really hope that doesn't happen. Well, it's going to be every possession. Yeah. You're going to review. To be honest with you, man, I have no idea anything about that. Didn't even know that was a controversial ending. I mean, you pretty much had me, though, when you said Dana White was against it. Yeah. In MMA, it doesn't get much better than that. Yeah. The next one, I think a lot of people are going to be very surprised. I don't talk about it that much. <laughs> but <laughs> number eight. We have who had it happen to him was interviewed and said it was a little bit of his head, a little bit of the hand of God. And uh, what we're referring to is the 1986 World Cup quarterfinal match between Argentina and England. So that was happening off the field. Probably more importantly off oh, the absolutely. field. It was absolutely more important. And the two countries, um, Argentina ended up surrendering and hence the black, bad boy. So basically what happens is the guy... Uh, who's his Maradona Diego, as well yes offsides they lob a pass to him 
fan either. In fact, probably that's overstating it. But Maradona at this time, from the research I was doing a couple years ago, you could compare him to uh, maybe Neymar currently or Cristiano Ronaldo at that point. It's crazy as well, too. But I'll be honest with you. When you watch the video, I guess it's just because the the born, so who's old now? Uh, <laughs> the video was terrible, so it's hard to see him smack it with his hand. But if you look close, you can see he his head moving. Well, and he's genius, too, because he even says after, you know, he's running to his teammates telling his ears around him, automatically we're going crazy. And the thing about the offsides, too, we should mention, it would catch it. He had to punch that ball out, which is what I thought he was trying to do. But one, but I think that's about as much as both of us can really speak on soccer. Yeah, and it's not a uh, very important play for us anymore currently. No, I mean, it's not for a country that either one of us, not a soccer fan. Very controversial, though, and a lot of the lists that we were looking at that were previous lists. I'm giving BJ the credit on all these because he came up with the name. Why? Because there's a lot of things that intertwine in that number six that uh, have the stomp heard around the world. Some of you UK fans are already cringing. 92 Elite Eight Duke UK game. Well, and this might even be the forgotten point of that because that shot was way more impressive, it, other than the pass back. Green Hill, by the way, doesn't get enough credit for that. Was a beautiful pass. Yeah. So the reason this game is on here, there is a play, like, and then gives him a little stomp on the chest. I'd say a little love tap. I mean, the, look. I'm not going to no. say <laughs> I don't know. You sound like Christian Leitner on the 30 for 30 right now. <laughs> well, uh, no. Like, there's there's no way that someone should be able to stomp on someone's chest. I'm out of the game. It's a dirty play. You know, look at Grayson Allen, the last cup. He, he wasn't uh, getting don't kicked mention, out of game. Don't. I've seen him. Yeah, so he, okay, we'll meet in the middle. He, he kicked one like that. Tickled him. There you go. He tickled him. So that leads to a video that, I don't know if you've seen, but I'll show you after this podcast. Okay. There is a great... I got, I got some great birthday partners. Stone, okay. Stone Cold Steve Austin. There you go. All you UK fans that say that all I do is hate on you all the time, even though I do hate you all. Game should not have happened the way it did because Christian Leitner should not have been playing at the end. Or if you want to be mad, be mad at me too because I had this a lot lower. I still think he should have been in the game. Here's the thing. BJ would have wiped the sh- bottom of his shoe. Spit gum. So why put it on someone else's uniform? That, that's that's doing that to those managers. Nope. Dude, the greatest name of all of the top ten lists. Drum roll, please. It's everywhere we looked, it was just called the coin flip game. Yep. 1998 Thanksgiving game, Steelers-Lions. Jerome Bettis, I'm not really sure who the Lions player is because no one knows Lions players other than Herman Moore and Barry Sanders. Listeners, I, I don't care if you're upset because <laughs> <laughs> you guys are meaningless. But Some implications as well, too, as far as what the Steelers were doing record-wise at that point. And the referee uh, explains the overtime rules, which this was before of... Uh, the first team, this, this was still the first team to score. Right. Explains it very clear. Jerome Bettis says tails. Right. He says, it's. I called tails from the beginning. We even mentioned in the videos, you can see the uh, Lions players chucking. So what side of the field? He's like, I called tails. Right. And he's like, I guess you're taking that side of the field. And then just runs off. Hater on that, you know, was going. He clearly says tails. Yeah, it's. So that go within minutes of the overtime starting, the Steelers lose. In the season seven and nine, you have to think that that 
going back to the flight gate, that was deflating. Before that, they were what seven and four, roughly somewhere around there, and then you lose that game. Nineteen. Yeah, I knew you'd enjoy that. Yeah. You lose to Tampa Bay. You lose a one-point game to Cincinnati, and then you lose to a team that you already beat previously in the season. Thirty-two years after they were made. Man, two or three years. Didn't they? Were they made in the mid '90s? A couple years ago, and now they're terrible again. Yeah, I don't even. Yeah, a couple years ago they had some good seasons. But yeah, this I mean, year not the, so much. The, yeah, I don't. I don't know what happened to them. That's a story for another podcast, but. Uh, 1993. That was three years after they were brought into existence. Yeah, that's tough too, because obviously, like early, the rest of their season was terrible. So that uh, that is ten through six. Oh, yeah, one through five. You got one through five. Um, and even we don't mind people taking some guesses at what that might. During this episode, there was uh, there was some stuff shared on. <laughs> that um, I want to mention on here because this is people that we are both very close to. Um, I know we had a lot to give um, my love and everything to the Mullins family. The um, he did pass away last night. So um, the beef beef had a uh, mutual business venture back when they were both children. So people right. and. Uh, well, the, from Beast to Beast podcast, we we wish you guys uh, big time. Yeah, and um, and we ask our listeners, anybody who's listening to, keep them in your thoughts, prayers, whatever you know, whatever to to bring it to that. But that's something that I would not skip past. Right. Uh, I hadn't people asking me if I'd seen it, and I wanted to make sure. Uh, I mean, just parents are. I mean, just the post itself. Uh, our perfect, sweet, precious, peacefully. He was the bravest boy, and we were so proud of who he was and who he would continue to be. When that it is, so BJ hit it head on. Even if it's writing them a message or anything, I know that they will all appreciate it. Um, we can sit here and have fun on this podcast, and then you know, there's also reality as well. So, guys, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, I know we had we had fun with the. Uh, we're going to put a poll up this week as well of something that he and I were talking about. Please make And then if one of them wins, maybe we'll do like the Bats did back in the day where we let a fan pick it, but probably not because I think we already got a good name. Well, we but, could do options. Yes. Well, I think. Hopefully you like this top ten list. If you didn't, tell us what you didn't like. Absolutely. Later.